Hello and welcome to the Australian Bitcoin Podcast. On today's episode, we've got Chris, the organizer of the coming Bitcoin Alive conference. And we'll be talking about the conference, what's, what's going to be happening there. It's the biggest Bitcoin event of the year. I'll be going and I'm really looking forward to it. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back, Daniel. It's always good to speak with you. It's always good to see you. Yeah, likewise. So how are you feeling with the conference coming up? Are you nervous about it? You, uh, you're pretty calm? Everything is going to go well? Oh, look, it's always a mixture of emotions. There's always a lot of work to do. So you're always busy and stressed with things that need to get done. And there's always a, a hard deadline on, on things. But yeah, there's always a little bit of nerves. There's always a little bit of excitement. You know, we've done this before, so it's not a, a first time. So we don't have any of those first time nerves or first time feelings. We know we've delivered it before. We know we can do it again. But of course, there's always expectations. Anytime people give you money for a product or a service, you want to make sure that you deliver them value. So, you know, it's always a little bit nervy wondering, are people going to have a good time? Are they going to enjoy themselves? Are they going to make friends? Are they going to find value from what we've put on? This is, at the end of the day, an event for the community. It's not necessarily for me. Of course, I am one member of the community and, and the one that's helping organize it. But if I wasn't, I'd be there attending and trying to enjoy it because I think we spoke about this on a previous podcast, but I've said it many times before. I think the, the wider Bitcoin community in Australia has been calling for a Bitcoin conference. It seems like an obvious thing to have in a country like Australia, where we have such a buzzing Bitcoin community spread all across the land. And of course, there's Bitcoin conferences all around the world. So it just made sense, right? So here we are, only a few weeks left to go until we reach year two. And yeah, really, really excited for it. Yeah, well, it's the second time around, so it's easier from that perspective. But I came to the last year's one and I really enjoyed myself and learned a great deal. So you know, I have expectations, but I'm going to enjoy myself this time again also. There's that pressure. You have to live up to the expectations, you know? I had, uh, of course. We know, put that pressure on ourselves as well, right? Like I've been to a number of different Bitcoin conferences around the world. I'm very blessed to be able to experience those things. And so I've seen what other Bitcoin conferences do. Obviously, being one of the key organizers of Bitcoin Alive, I have a large hand to play in what gets created and what gets put together for our conference. And so you're always trying to find innovative ways to engage audiences, to provide value, knowing that I've been to a number of different conferences and seen what I've enjoyed as an attendee. I can take some of that and replicate it or modify it and adapt it to the local Australian market. So yeah, there's a couple of ideas. Like for instance, I was lucky enough recently to go to Honduras and I visited the Bitcoin center in Roatan. And awesome Bitcoin center. If anyone gets a chance to go to Honduras, specifically Roatan, beautiful island, highly recommend it. But one of the things that I saw at, at this Bitcoin, we had a Bitcoin meetup there at the Bitcoin center just on like a Wednesday night. And there was a good 60, 80 people, a mixture of people, colleagues of mine and, and locals and travelers and everyone in between. But one of the things that was there at the Bitcoin center there was this game called Chain Duel. And I hadn't heard of it before, but basically it's like a, lightning network based game modeled off the classic game of snake so anyone that had a, a mobile telephone growing up in the 2000s would remember snake being loaded onto the old nokia phones it's basically that um, but it's a head-to-head -head version of snake where two individuals or multiple individuals you can play like bracket tournaments but minimum two individuals will put say 10,000 sats each up to bet 
on the game and the winner takes the sats. And it's a cool way to have a bit of fun, enjoy yourself, battle your friends, try to take their sats, but also showcase the Lightning Network. So that was something that I picked up on my travels and thought, this is really cool. I watched how you know that whole meetup was essentially centered around the fact that everyone was gaming, everyone was having a bit of fun. The learning curve is very low. You don't need to be a nerdy gamer to be able to play Snake. If you've got a Lightning Wallet with some sats on it and you've got a friend to battle, then you can play the game. And so this is something that I want to bring to Bitcoin Alive. And so this is something that we're going to have in our Exhibitor Lounge or Exhibitor Hall for 2024. Okay. Yeah, that sounds fun. And um, so taking a step back, um, for those who don't know what Bitcoin Alive is and who haven't been to the first conference, maybe you can give a summary. What is Bitcoin Alive? Yeah, when is it happening? How long it will be? Yeah, sure. Um, so Bitcoin Alive is Australia's premier Bitcoin experience. We are a full-blown professional conference networking event. So if you know, you're interested in Bitcoin in any capacity, whether that's a long-time seasoned veteran or a newcomer to the space or anywhere in between, this event is for you. It is essentially the big day out of Bitcoin events in Australia. So we've got some excellent local, regional, capital city meetups all around Australia including the one that happens in Adelaide, one that happens in Perth, in Sydney, in Melbourne, and everywhere in between. And again, I've been lucky enough to visit many of those and, and they all have their own little quirks and they're all great in their own right. But the problem with Australia is it's very large. And so what happens in Perth doesn't really get spoken about what happens in Sydney and everywhere in between. So the main idea behind Bitcoin Alive is essentially just to get everyone together. No one's really done that before, gotten all of the Bitcoiners in the country and, and further abroad to come together for at least you know, one full day to see what would happen. And so that was the theory that we went into last year's event test to test, was what would happen if we got together all the hundreds of Bitcoiners around the country, put them in a room, gave them some food, some drinks and some organization, what would occur? And you know, you said it yourself, you had a good time. And that was the resounding feedback we got from pretty much all of the attendees last year, which is really exciting and really comforting to know that, hey, that idea actually works and people do want to get together. That's the core recipe of Bitcoin Alive, is just simply give us all an excuse to come together, to join forces, to touch base, to shake hands, to make new relationships, to converse on ideas, to challenge each other's ideas in a centralized place. So that's happening again in Sydney at the University of New South Wales Roundhouse venue. So same venue as last year for anyone went. We're doing it again, March 23rd. Anyone that is interested in Bitcoin, obviously it's a halving year. So things are getting exciting from a protocol level um, and for miners and, and you know, potentially for price appreciation. I think that is something that we might already be witnessing this year. Although if you know me, Daniel, um, I haven't been checking the price, so I don't actually know what's going on with a specific number, but I'm pretty sure it's going up. So all these things are accumulating. And I think hopefully that means more interest in Bitcoin, more desire to have these discussions, to get together. The event's welcome to everyone. It's not just a Bitcoiner event, whilst many of the people there, of course, will be Bitcoiners, young, old, female, male, and everything in between, whether you're interested in finance, you're interested in software, you're interested in making money, you're interested in mining, you're interested in energy, whatever the niche is that perhaps brought you to Bitcoin or got you interested in Bitcoin, there's a good chance we'll be covering that particular topic from world-class speakers across one of the three stages this year. Yeah, I implore you to check it out, go to our website, check out all the speakers. We're going to be releasing 
probably by the time this podcast goes out, perhaps the schedule and the program will be released. So you'll be able to look at the specific sessions and see what's available. And if you know there's a conversation or there's a number of speakers that you think would be worth listening to, then yeah, come along. For those who don't know, Chris famously never checks the price, but uh, I got some bad news for you, Chris. You might have not heard, but over the last 24 hours, there was a catastrophic bug and the Bitcoin price went below $10 now. Well, look, I, I, I would have done the same thing as if it, that didn't occur. And that, and that is my strategy is to buy every day. So if it goes down to $10, then I will have bought it. If it goes up tomorrow, then I will have probably bought it as well. So tried and trusted dollar cost averaging. I know you're a big fan of that as well, Daniel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, on Hardblock, of course. And uh, Hardblock was, was obviously very proud to support, sponsor Bitcoin Alive this year. And uh, we also got a discount code. You can use the discount code Hardblock which should give you 10% of the price of the tickets. So that's Saturday, 23rd of March. If you haven't bought tickets, you don't have much time left. And it's held in what's arguably Australia's second best city, Sydney. The first best city, of course, being Adelaide. But I'm yeah, sure the Queenslanders listening Sydney to this right now close. are shaking in their boots. <laughs> yeah, Sydney comes close. But anyway, yeah, it should be a great event. So you mentioned the Lightning game, and that's really cool. I tried something like that in a different conference, Berlin Lightning Conference a few years ago, and they had like yeah. these kind of uh, games where you could play against people and use Bitcoin to kind of gamble a little bit, and it was very fun. I'm looking forward to that. Is there any other changes from the last year's conference? Yeah, there's there's quite a few. Like I said, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to make sure that we continue to improve, provide more value, listen to feedback. Obviously, we're like any classic startup. We don't have endless amounts of money to just throw at everything. There's plenty of ideas, but we're only in this for the second year and we need to be sensible and sustainable. Ideally, we're still around in 10 years talking about Bitcoin and getting everyone together and still having a good time. But you know, if we go too big too quickly, then maybe we won't last that long. So there's plenty of ideas that we'd love to get to that you know are perhaps saved for future years. But that's not to say that this year is not going to be noticeably different from last year. Whilst, yes, it's the same venue, the format is similar. We have added a third stage. So for anyone that remembers that visit last year, there was the main Satoshi stage, which is as it was last year. We'll have the Nakamoto stage running again as well with a little bit more oomph and a bit more love on that stage. It'll have its own MC and there'll be a bit of a different orientation. We had some learnings about how, how popular that stage was last year. So if anyone that was there, they remember the first session being a Bitcoin mining 101 session. There were no chairs left in the room and there were people standing at the back. We actually literally had to like frantically run in there and open up the wall the divider wall and open the room up and add more chairs in so people could enjoy that stage. We're very greatly underappreciated how many people would enjoy that secondary stage. We've given that a bit more love this year and made it bigger and all that sort of stuff. And then we've introduced a third stage and the third stage is more of a workshop, hands-on type stage. You know, there might be like whiteboards up there where they'll be breaking down ideas and it'll be a bit more collaborative with the audience, a bit more intimate, a bit, a bit of a smaller stage in that regard, but the topics will obviously um, be good for that type of format. So those are some of the, the, the stage changes, I guess you could say. We've improved and increased the size of the exhibitor hall. So last year, we kind of had it tucked away in the little bar, lounge, relaxation area. 
we've totally moved that away from that area this year and we've opened up a completely different room that people that were there last year wouldn't have even seen. Um, but there's another space on the ground floor tucked away to the right-hand side of the stage, which is now going to become our exhibitor hall. Um, so that's where our exhibitors will live, of course. Um, we'll have a coffee cart in there. That chain yule game that we mentioned previously, that'll be in that area as well. Our merch table, book signings, all that sort of stuff is going to happen in the exhibitor hall. It's a much bigger, brighter, more nicely lit space. So that'll be something that people can enjoy this year, perhaps in a little nicer space than where the exhibitor section was last year. Those are some pretty significant changes. Another another sort of sizable change as well is that we kind of have, even though it's a halving year, we've kind of done the opposite. We've inflated. So instead of reducing the size of the event, we've increased the size of the event. So we've added on sort of like an extra half day event. We've been a little bit tight-lipped with the news about this. We've released a little bit of information, but some things have been happening in the background logistically, which has made it a little bit challenging. So that's why we've been a bit coy and a bit funny about it. But more news will be available very, very shortly. But effectively, the Friday night prior to Bitcoin Alive on Saturday, we're hosting a social type event. So the things that we have announced is we're going to have some live performances and live musical acts. So one gentleman by the name of David Boyle, who's like a professional comedian. He's also a Bitcoiner. So he's going to be doing like a Bitcoin styled comedy set which should be hopefully pretty funny. And then we've got another Melbourne-based hip-hop artist, Robbie P, who's done a bunch of different content creation, writing music about Bitcoin, educational music about Bitcoin. He's going to be doing a live musical set as well. So those guys are going to be really fun. Again, something a little bit different, something you don't often see at Bitcoin conferences, or you can't perhaps just you know read a blog or watch a YouTube video about. A live performance is very much a live performance. Comedy is always different in person than what it is if you're watching a Netflix special. You tend to laugh a lot more in person, I found. A bit of extra value to ticket holders that we didn't do last year. This is all inclusive in the standard ticket price. So if you've got a ticket to Bitcoin Alive, you're admitted to the Friday night event as well. Again, there'll be some more communication about this coming to ticket holders and going across our social channels and our website very soon once we've just locked in those final details. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, there's lots of different changes. You'll probably see a bunch of smaller things that perhaps you don't pick up on or you brush over the first time. But yeah, just a lot of housekeeping and improvements uh, in the back end that you know is kind of boring event management stuff. But the things that the public will see, like some of those things that I mentioned now. Cool. So if there'll be kind of what sounds like some kind of social fun event on Friday night. So if you keep an eye out on that, if anybody flies in on Friday night. And we also, as usual, after the main event on Saturday, what's going to happen last year, what happened is everybody hanged out, went to some pubs, drinking at the location, we went to some pubs. And that's also like very fun, uh, meeting people there and talking about Bitcoin. This is what we're trying to build, right? We've started using the term Bitcoin week, and we kind of want to make it this larger than Bitcoin Alive time in Australia for Bitcoiners. So it kicks off the weekend before with the Bush Bash. Hopefully I might see you there, Daniel. I saw you there last year at the Beechworth Bush Bash. I'm going to be there this year. Really looking forward to it. But that kicks off Bitcoin week. So Saturday, Sunday at the Bush Bash. You then roll into Bitcoin Alive week starting on the Thursday. We're going to be having a Bitcoin Sydney local meetup. So that's a monthly meetup that happens all the time, but coincided with Bitcoin Alive and Bitcoin week. It's a Bitcoin Alive special. 
So usually a little bit bigger. We have some international speakers. We have some of the speakers that are joining us at Bitcoin Alive attend. So it's a lot of fun. Friday night is the, the, the social event that we were just talking about now. Of course, Saturday is Bitcoin Alive proper, inclusive of the networking event like we had last year, which we have actually extended for an extra hour. So the event will finish at about 5.30 and we'll have a three-hour networking after-party event, whereas last year it was only two hours. So that's been extended an extra hour as well because that was one of the things we people just didn't want to move on. They just wanted to hang out, talk about Bitcoin and, and drink some beers. So we'll allow that to happen a little longer before we then evidently move to the pub, like you mentioned. And then on Sunday, we're going to be having like a wind down Sunday session, very informal, head to the pub, you know, final goodbyes before everyone jets off to wherever they're from. We can shake hands one last time, share some laughs, have a beer, have a meal and say, see you again next year. So that's kind of like the full blown Bitcoin week. Obviously not everyone is going to be doing all of that. I think I will be, <laughs> but I'm probably a little bit crazier than others. But yeah, you know, if you're, if you're interested in Bitcoin and you're around any of those things, some of those events are free. So the, the Bush Bash is free. The Bitcoin Sydney meetup is free. So you can come along to those and get a bit of a flavor. And then obviously the main course is, is Bitcoin Alive Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Okay. So I like that idea of Bitcoin week and yeah, the Bush Bash can be part of that. It's kind of a preliminary event as part of Bitcoin week. And yeah, um, some of our international speakers yeah. are also coming to Bush Bash as well. So it's a nice little... Hey, like come to Australia, come speak at Bitcoin Alive, visit a beautiful country. While you're here, you can also go to something called a bush bash. And many of these people have actually heard of the bush bash. The news has traveled, but they don't really know what it is. They obviously never experienced it. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to bring some of these international speakers along to the bush bash in some random country town like Beechworth. That's a lot yeah. of fun. Because the bush bash is also a great event. So I think it would be like a positive thing for the bush bash to get some other people from internationally to go there. And maybe just to give people an idea of what would be some of the talks and speakers at Bitcoin Alive, maybe you could give like one or two examples. Yeah, sure. All of the speakers that locked in for Bitcoin Alive are actually on our website now. So for anyone that wants to check out the full speaking talent, I'm not expecting too many changes from this point onwards. So if you head to bitcoinalive.io, you can take a look at all of the speakers. We've got like 33, I think it is, 33 speakers. In terms of the session, like I said earlier, the program will be released imminently. We're just putting on the final polishes, changing names here, making moderators there. But more or less, the program is pretty much, we're saying it's 99% done internally. Uh, once it's 100%, we'll then be able to announce it. So we'll make some nice graphics and do some fun things, stick it up on the website, announce it on our social channels. It'll be in our email weekly newsletter as well. So I, I can't reveal the full picture yet, but I can give a high level overview of some of the things that would be covered. Again, we're, we're running with a similar format of a mixture of panels and fireside chats and solo presentations. So depending on which stage you're at and at what time of the day, there'll be different formats of content being delivered to you. Everything will be visible and color-coded and clearly labeled on our program. So you know, hey, this is a three-person panel. This is a fireside chat. This is a solo presentation. But, you know, again, like I mentioned earlier, being it's a halving year, that's certainly one of the topics that I think is definitely worth covering for newcomers and, and for Bitcoin veterans. Uh, it's always a, a hot topic discussion in a halving year, the ramifications, the technical 
properties of what's going on behind the scenes in the code. So there's lots you can talk about there. So for instance, James Check is going to be delivering a presentation on the main stage, on the Satoshi stage, talking about the different data and insights that he's seen through his work doing on-chain analytics and, and all that sort of stuff. So that'll be really interesting for any of the sort of data nerds or any of the people that are trying to understand the trends or the, the reasons why certain things happen and the reactions in the market um, to those things happening. Um, for another example of a hot topic discussion that we've added in to this year's program is, of course, if you've not been living under a rock, you would have known that Bitcoin ETFs have been a very, very big discussion point over the last 12, 18 months. But you go back further, they've been talked about for the last 10 years. But of course, now they've been approved and there's a whole host of them and we're seeing copious amounts of money being moved into ETFs. There's a whole discussion to be had around that, the historical journey that led us to where we're at, what's currently happening, what it means, what we might see here in Australia, what that might mean for Bitcoin. Are there any risks? So that's one of the panels that we'll be having this year. Speaking of course, of there's a lot more. Like I said earlier, if there's a topic that you're probably interested in, there's a good chance we're covering it at Bitcoin Alive. Of course, we can't cover everything, but there are many, many different facets of Bitcoin. So if you're a Bitcoin miner, there's plenty of content for you. If you're into the financial side and the macro side of Bitcoin, there's stuff for you. If you're into the more freedom, the you know hope side of Bitcoin, then there's content for you. We spent a lot of time and a lot of effort putting together this program and making sure we connect the right people to have the right discussions and cover as many of the important topics as we can. Okay. So moving along to more generally about Bitcoin, what's something that kind of excites you about Bitcoin right now? Oh, wow. It, it excites me all the time. That's why I've kind of devoted my entire life to, to working in and around Bitcoin. But I mean, like anything recently, anything that kind of particular, any, sure. I don't know, any kind of development or tool or something that kind of has captured your interest or what excites you, any kind of new development? Not really. Like a lot of the things are still very new and experimental. So it's hard to get like a big, strong opinion on whether I, I, you know, I'm super into that or not. I kind of tend to sit a little bit on the sidelines and just observe and try not to, like for instance, with lightning, I was very slow. I think a lot of people have been, to be fair, very slow to understand lightning, to accept lightning, to start using lightning. I'm still, of course, critical of it. And like I am with everything, that's just the way my mind's built. But it took me a long time to kind of understand lightning. And it took lightning a long time to get to a point where it was even useful. And so here we are today. And I think even in Australia, we're still seeing a lot of underutilization of lightning and a lot of people of lack of knowledge, including myself. So that's kind of, again, back to the point of change why we wanted to showcase a use case of lightning or something that lightning can achieve, even if it's just an arbitrary game, um, it's still pretty cool. So a lot of the newer developments, I don't jump right into and go crazy. I'm too busy to like spend the time that's warranted trying to understand any of these new things. I, I tend to let things come to me a bit more organically. So like, you know, I've got a very good network of much, much smarter people than me. And when they start talking about these things and they start talking about it to me, then that's one of the signs that I take. Perhaps I should spend a bit more time understanding this given, you know, so-and-so is now talking about it and I highly respect them. And I know they're at the forefront of understanding and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know if there's any one specific thing 
that's getting me really excited about Bitcoin. Of yeah. course, I'm just always excited about Bitcoin. I think okay. it's the most Everything. important technology of ever, maybe, like perhaps even more important than the internet. I've said this many times before. I do think it's going to be more impactful than the internet. We might not see that for another 10, 20, 30 years, but you know, it took the internet that long to also become obviously valuable to humanity. So I'm excited to see that lots of people are building on it, that lots of smart people are flocking to Bitcoin. Hopefully the message, you know, Bitcoin, not shit coins, continues to reverberate through the market. I actually dislike bull markets. I prefer bear markets if we're thinking about the cycle. Again, I don't check the price, so the price is irrelevant to me, but just kind of you know, in bull markets, you get a lot more noise and you get a lot more distractions. And of course, what comes with that scams and grifters and all that sort of stuff. And that tends to obviously put a bad light on Bitcoin because it all gets wrapped into the same basket. But, you know, those who have done the research and have taken the time to understand the nuance between Bitcoin and the rest of the altcoin market understand this. But of course, not enough people have, have made that realization. So yeah, I'm just happy to see people building, more companies being created, um, more more capital flowing to Bitcoin. All of these things are net positive for the journey. Okay. And so like speaking of Lightning, like recently I had one or two people on Bitcoin Twitter saying that or they think that kind of hasn't reached its potential, but it's not so much a failure, but it, it has lived up to its potential, something along those lines, kind of being a bit negative. I've heard those sayings yeah. as well. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know, like it actually kind of took me by surprise, but I didn't really have all his thoughts. But uh, yeah, it seems like one or two people mentioned it. So I'm just wondering what's your take? Is this some like something you share? Like what's your kind of, do you think Bitcoin Lightning has lived up to your expectations or not? Yeah, I don't know what my expectations were. Like I said, I was very apprehensive on Lightning for the first few years. I think most people were because it was still being developed, it was still being tested, and it still is, of course. When I went to El Salvador, that was actually the first time I used Lightning. So I actually had a genuine reason to use it and a place to use it. Prior to that, everything was just on-chain. There's nothing better than doing an on-chain transaction. It's just, it feels so liberating and like, yeah, I find it a lot of fun. So I'm a bit of an on-chain maxi in that sense, if you, if you like to say, but I'm not anti-lightning whatsoever. You know, there's a use case for it. I think it's just, there, there isn't an obvious one here in Australia. Vendors aren't accepting lightning. If, if more vendors are accepting lightning, that would of course make it a lot easier to use lightning. But the reality is there just isn't, uh, isn't that network of, of retailers accepting lightning. But yeah, I don't have a strongly held belief whether it's a failure or not. I think there are much smarter people out there figuring that out. But it's Bitcoin Twitter, right? There is an opinion on everything and you'll find someone that supports an opinion regardless of how ludicrous or how on the money it is. Um, there's always a, a cohort that believes something. So, you know, take it all with a grain of salt, what you hear on Twitter, put it into the machine of your own brain and then do your own computing to find out like, does it stack up? Does it make sense? Does it need more critiquing? So yeah, I, I I think it's too early to say whether it's a failure or not. I, again, don't understand it from a technical level like some of these much, much smarter developers and cryptographers do. They can kind of see the game theory a lot deeper than what I can because they understand, you know, eCash versus Lightning and the nuances between the two protocols and how they try to achieve similar things but do it in different ways. I'm just not smart enough to, or I haven't done the work to be able to have like a really, really strong opinion on it. Otherwise, I'm just going to look like an idiot saying something that, you know, is probably off the mark. 
And so as somebody who uses Bitcoin for spending a lot, what's your favorite Bitcoin spending wallet right now? I've become a big fan of Sparrow. <laughs> Again, very boring and unsexy. The nerd in me finds it really cool, like especially when you connect it to your own node and you become a bit more self-sovereign and all that sort of stuff. It's really but, cool. But, uh, I, but love just... Sparrow. I love Sparrow also, but that's kind of more, of, I always thought of it more of a, like a long-term storage, more secure sure. uh, wallet. Is that actually what you use? Like, if, for example, if you going to El Salvador and you know you want to buy a cup of coffee or whatever do you mm. sparrow or is that what no in that instance you... I'd probably be using something like wallet of Satoshi or some lightning okay. enabled wallet that makes it easy and understanding the custody trade-offs and the risks involved using hot wallets you know I only expose myself in those instances in very small amounts of Bitcoin so if something goes wrong it's not the end of the world you know my background it's a hardware wallet background i've been doing this for seven plus years i'm a big fan of keeping your coins secure using hardware wallets or something of that nature so yeah i'll very rarely expose myself to hot wallets but if i need to like the instance in el salvador would take like wallet of satoshi and transfer a few hundred dollars here and there as required to be able to do my spending at vendors but in Australia, I just don't really do that. Like there's nowhere to go and directly pay with Bitcoin. There are services that act as intermediaries and you know, one I'm involved with being BitRefill. That's a cool service. But at the end of the day, you're not paying the direct vendor with Bitcoin. You're, you're doing it a roundabout way through the means of gift cards or a debit card or, or some other means. That's where Australia unfortunately lacks is I'd love to be going out and spending more Bitcoin at vendors, but where are they? They just... They don't exist. There's a few of them. There's probably less than a hundred that are actively accepting Bitcoin around the country. So that's not a lot of options. Bitcoin Alive accepts Bitcoin, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's one vendor we can accept. Of course, but that's online, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's online. online. So a lot of the vendors like are, are online based. And in that instance, I can just utilize a hardware wallet, can use Sparrow. I don't need to do anything special on the spot using a mobile device. Obviously, our merch table at Bitcoin Alive will accept Bitcoin. So you can buy your merch and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's very rare. Well, thanks for your time, Chris. So is there anything you else you would want to cover or you think we missed? No, not really. I think we've covered a lot. Hopefully, many of your listeners have already got tickets or are considering getting tickets and are going to come along. We'd love to meet you all. At the end of the day, it really is just an excuse to hang out with like-minded people. Of course, the content is fantastic. There's world-class speakers. There's lots of things to keep you entertained and to provide value. But the raw human connections, as corny and cliche as this might sound, but you can't put a value on that. Being able to get together, have a beer, shake hands, see each other's you know, reactions, personalities, like there's, there's nothing like it. And at the end of the day, that's why I think a lot of people come to these events is just to meet people and to, to have real connections. We're social creatures. Bitcoin is a digital thing and we can all live behind our keyboards and uh, send UTXOs to each other and all sorts of stuff, but we need to see each other. So this is the best place to do that if you're a Bitcoiner. Um, really looking forward to doing that with as many people as possible in a couple of weeks' time. So if you've got any questions, you've got feedback, you've got issues, reach out to us either through our website or through our Twitter page or through our email www.bitcoinalive.io is our webpage. You'll find everything that you probably need to find there. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, Instagram. You can reach out to us however you like. Um, we're always happy to have a chat.
Saturday, 25th of March in Sydney, Bitcoin Alive, discount code hard block for 10% off. And the week before, as part of Bitcoin week, the weekend before is the Bitcoin Bush Bash in Beechworth, Victoria. So yeah, it should be a great time. And thanks for organizing the event. Chris, like I said, we're very proud to sponsor it and see you soon. No, thank you, Daniel. Thank you for the support. And thank you for everyone who has supported us in any way they have so far and will in the future. It's very difficult to put these events on. There's a lot of risk. There's a lot of capital and there's a lot of effort and stress. And so anyone that's come along and offered support, kind words, it doesn't need to be monetary directly, but you know, thank you so much for everything. Thank you to you, Daniel, for coming on board with Hardblock. Obviously a big fan of what you've been doing longer than anyone effectively in the country. And hopefully, you know, we're still doing this in 10 years time, looking back on, on the amazing journey that we've all had together. Thanks, Chris. See you. Thanks, Daniel.